Okay, guys. That was fun. Thanks for partnering with those families. It's so special that we get to do that a couple times a year and pray over those uh, kiddos. Um, but good to see you again. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and just glad you guys are here worshiping with us today. And uh, like Larry said, if you haven't filled out one of these Connect cards, go ahead and fill that out, and you can bring that to the Next Steps area right after church, and I'd love to shake your hand and say what's up, and thank you for coming. But we are going to get going here. If you got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, and... Um, we are in part two of a series I started last week titled Oil for Our Lamps. Everybody say, Oil for Our Lamps. All right, this phrasing is taken from a little parable in Matthew chapter 25, and so hopefully you're turning there. And let me just go ahead, we'll start it off by reading this parable again. Just want to refresh your memory because uh, uh, probably several of you guys were not here last week. And I just want to read this again because this is what we're diving into for the rest of this month and want us to be encouraged, stirred, inspired, and just really learn what, what could God be saying through this parable in Matthew chapter 25, all right? Are you there? If you're there, say I'm there. All right, I'll also be on the screen. Here we go, Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. That was Matthew chapter 25, 1 through 13. So last week, uh, we broke down this parable, looking at it kind of line by line, phrase by phrase, picking out several things from this passage. I also reminded you guys last week that this parable is in the context of a longer message, you could call it, or sermon, you could call it. Um, or really, it's just simply an answer that Jesus is giving to his disciples because they had just asked him in Matthew 24, hey, what's going to be the sign of your coming or of the end of the age? And he goes on to share a lot of details practically of what will be happening in the world as he gets closer and closer to the Lord's return. But then also he kind of turns the, the page, so to speak, kind of towards the end of chapter 24 and then into 25. And he gives several different analogies or parables to help the disciples understand what is it going to be like when he comes. What's it going to be like in the world? What's going to be the state really of our hearts? And what do we need to focus on? What do we need to be aware of? At the end of this parable, I'm so thankful that he says this because it, it gives us one of the main points. Verse 13, he says, watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour. So because he gives us that little one-liner at the end, we know that this parable has something to do with being watchful, or another way to say that is being prepared for his coming. How many of you guys would like to be prepared for the Lord's return? All right. About 40% of you raise your hand. Awesome. Well, <laughs> 
Lord, I ask you for 100% in Jesus' name. I saw you nod if you didn't raise your hand. You know, and it's just a simple question, but I think if, um, if we're wise, the answer is yes. Yes, I want to be prepared for the Lord's coming. And God is so merciful and gracious to every single one of us. Amen? And we're all on a journey of learning who God is and how to follow him. Some of you in this room, you've been following Jesus wholeheartedly for years. Some of you, you're kind of like curious, who is Jesus? I don't know. Maybe I'll give him a try. Some of you are young. I see a few kiddos are just younger. We're all on this journey, but when he comes, we want to be ready. And this parable emphasizes that. But as you look at the parable and look at some of the descriptions here, there is two camps of people, those that were wise and those that were foolish, and the only differentiation between the two is that the wise had oil, had flasks of oil. And so we talked about last week, like, what on earth could that mean? And studying this passage, there's a lot of different perspectives on what it could mean, but in verse 12, it gives us some really important insight that has really been the focus of this series. And here it is. This is the response of the bridegroom, which in a sense, is the, it, Jesus represents the bridegroom here. It's the response to those that were foolish that didn't have enough oil. He says, verse 12, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Now there are a few things that you want Jesus to say to you, and there's a few things you for sure do not want him to say to you. <laughs> and one of those things is, I do not know you. So though that might sound a little bit heavy, I think it's a good sobering wake-up call of, okay, as I was reading this the last couple of weeks, I'm like, Lord, I want to be wise, and I want you not to tell me that you don't know me. Lord, I want to know you. And so one of the main summaries of this parable that we're pulling out over the next few weeks is this little phrase, and it's going to be up here on the screen. This is all about knowing Jesus and being known by him. Everybody say, knowing Jesus. Everybody say, being known by him. We want to be a people that know Jesus and a people that are known by him. Last week, I gave you this slide. I just want to refresh your memory. The word in the Greek for know there is a word called ido. Everybody say ido. There you go. It's touch a Greek word. It means know. Here's a couple definitions. It means to see or to know. And here's a little bit of a breakdown here. To perceive by the senses, pay attention to, to experience, have an interview or visits with. To get knowledge of, to understand, to have regard for one, cherish, or pay attention to. So let me say this verse a different way. What Jesus, keep that up there. What Jesus is saying to these foolish virgins, he's saying, truly, truly, I say to you, I do not know you, or I cannot perceive who you are by any of my senses. I've had no experiences with you. We haven't had the time to sit down and visit for you to ask me questions, me to ask you. There hasn't been a a, a time where you've regarded me or cherished me or I've ch had a chance to let you know how much I cherish you. That's another way to say what Jesus is communicating here. And that is, if you think about that, that is dramatic. And it should uh, put us in this sense of, oh, wow, I want the Lord to have experiences with me and me to have experiences with the Lord. I want him to know me. I want to, him to be able to perceive me with his senses. And after I shared this message last week, I had a friend come up afterwards and really all he was saying was just a testimony and he was a little bit teary-eyed I don't know if it was allergies or he was just being moved by the Lord I don't know but he said Mitchell my entire pretty much my entire life and he grew up in a Christian home or a Christian school almost my entire life I didn't even know that I could know God 
I didn't even know that he wanted to know me. And I love that he said that because in one hand, there is the fear of the Lord that we need to receive when we see a passage like this. But also there's this incredible invitation from God shouting to you as his children, you can know me. I want you that close and I want to know you. This is not a distant relationship with God. There's no um, priest you have to go through, no rituals you have to go through, through the cross and the resurrection. You can know God, and he can know us. Isn't that great news? And I understand he's invisible. I wrote that in my journal the other day as I was just talking to God. I'm like, oh, Lord, I love that you are. You're my leader, and my leader is invisible. Okay, this is great. (laughs) But by faith... And by the Spirit of God that is very present here today, you can know God. And I want to emphasize the joy, the invitation, and the privilege that we have as believers on this side of the cross and the resurrection that we have access to the living God and we get to know him. Isn't that great? And the more you get to know him, you know what you're going to realize? He's amazing. He's good. He's beautiful. He's worthy. He's so fun. He's enjoyable. He's holy. We should be reverent before him. But like the more you get to know him, or at least, you know, the more you think about what I'm saying right now in the the intro of this message, the more you're drawn to him because he's so amazing. There is no one and there is nothing you're going to find on this earth that is more appealing, more attractive, more amazing than Jesus. There is nothing. I've tried a few things. I used to be lost, and I tried a few things while I was lost to try to find satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose in life, and you know what happened? They all left me dry and empty and confused and discouraged and down and depressed, but then I got to know Jesus, and of course, there's ups and downs, even as a follower of Jesus, of course, but oh my goodness, he satisfies the depths of my soul, and he's worthy, and he keeps drawing me closer. The more I I embrace wanting to get to know him, the more he draws me in. And that will be your testimony. It is. I know so many of you guys, that is your testimony now. But I just want to have you believe with me that it's going to continue to be your testimony. The more you get to know him, the more he draws you close and draws you in. And so I'm going to pray for us this morning that the Lord would just help us be a people that know Jesus and are known by him. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about how to go about that or one angle to go about this. Y'all pray with me. Lord, we just thank you that you died on the cross, Jesus, to take away our sins, the very things that separated us from you. And thank you that you rose in victory, defeating death and sin and the devil and the grave and giving us victory as well. But through that act, you tore the veil, the thing that separates. Lord, we have direct access to you and we can know you. And Lord, I pray that we would respond to your invitation to come near. You said if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Lord, we just believe your word. And I pray that this morning we would, we would draw near. And it wouldn't just last this morning, but it would last the rest of the day. It would last tomorrow, the rest of this week. We would be a people that embrace knowing you and being known by you. Help us believe it today, Lord. Speak to us afresh through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, so here is what we're going to do the rest of uh, today and also the rest of this series is uh, we're going to talk about a few ways of practically how do we get to know the Lord and how are we known by him, okay? I'm going to start, mainly I'm going to talk about knowing the Lord, but this is kind of the beginning stages of being known by him. And then next week, 
uh, Larry's going to facilitate a little discussion with a few people on stage, a little uh, interview style, and uh, talking more about knowing the Lord, being known by Him, and then I'll close it out one more week later and talk a little bit more about being known by Him. How do we uh, learn to live a life where we open up ourselves so much to God that we just, we know He knows us. <laughs> And so anyways, but here's what we're going to do today. One of the ways that we get to know Jesus is by getting real close to him. And there's this little phrase that's going to be the theme phrase for today, which is sitting at his feet. All right. We're going to talk about sitting at his feet, sitting at his feet. I think one of the parents mentioned like we, this is what we believe for our child. They're going to be one that sits at the feet of Jesus. All right. This language is taken from Luke chapter 10. It'll be on the screen behind me. So we're going to look at this little passage and I'm going to break down a couple verses here. This sitting on his feet is taken from Luke 10. It says this verse 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 38 to 42. So I read this story uh, a few weeks back, um, and really actually probably a month and a half ago, and what I did was kind of focused a little bit on Martha's struggle in this story with kind of stress, anxiety, worry, getting a little bit distracted. But today I want to hone in on Mary and what we can glean from her. But what does it say about Mary? Just answer that question. What did she do? What stands out to you about what Mary did when Jesus was in her home? She did what? sat at the Lord's feet and did two things, well, and did one thing in particular, listened to his teaching, all right? So go ahead and put that uh, slide up here with just that verse. Verse 39, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, okay? What I'm going to do is uh, pretty much the rest of the time, I'm going to break down those three things I have highlighted. Sat, everybody say Sat. Short for Saturday, just kidding, sitting, and listened, and say his teaching. All right, so sat, now before, listen, this is going to be hilarious to some of you, and potentially unnecessary, but <laughs> what Mary did, um, you know, probably about 2,000 years ago, I mean, this is Jesus in person, okay, right? Luke 10 is an example of Jesus in person, yes, you with me? All right, okay, she so literally sat at his feet and just listened. What she did 2,000 years ago is actually not that different from what we, c we can do today because he said that I am always with you by his spirit. And so literally, I'm just going to show you an example of what I mean by sitting at his feet. You ready? I'm, I'm just going to sit down. Ready? <laughs> Crisscross applesauce, of course. Now, listen, here, here's an example. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to for like 15 seconds i'm going to like show you how we can practice this today you ready i'm sitting alone i don't have my phone on me all right i'm gonna pretend like 100 people are not staring at me <laughs> and i'm alone somewhere all right ready <laughs> jesus here i am before you i want to know you i want you to know me will you speak to me will you reveal yourself to me in a fresh way All right, let me show you one other thing. <laughs> okay, it's the same thing, but I'm going to add one thing. Ready? 
Jesus, thank you that I'm alone right now on my sofa with my lamp to my left, coffee. This is my house. Beth knows what I'm talking about. Lord, here I am. Present myself before I want to know you, Jesus. I don't want you to know me, but Lord, I want to hear your words. I want to hear your teaching. Would you speak to me as I read your word? Jesus wept. <laughs> All right. Okay. Some of you have you couldn't see me back there, but I, it's so simple that I just wanted to show you. Some of you in this room, what I just did was, is normal for you. You do it pretty regularly. But some of you, if you just did that and you only spent 15 seconds like I did, that would radically transform your life. If you just made a little bit of time, just sat down, got all the distractions out of the way, and you genuinely, again, this is like not in a room full of 150 people, but alone somewhere, your car, your living room, your bedroom, wherever, even at a coffee shop, you know, if you're not connecting with somebody, but in a sense you feel alone, (laughs) in a good way, (laughs) Um, (laughs) gosh. And uh, you just, you intentionally put away the distractions and you just close your eyes and you say, Jesus, I want to know you and I want you to know me. Everybody can do that in this room. Amen? You can do that, right? And that's what Mary did. And we're going to kind of dive in a little bit more in depth about some things we can learn about what she did. But literally, I'm glad you saw that because I would love for you to try that today and specifically love to try that tomorrow and then Tuesday and then Wednesday. (laughs) The rest of your life. Be awesome. Okay, let's, let's, let's break this down. So the first word, you can put that. Yeah, there you go. Um, the word sat. One more time. Say sat. And, uh, you know, it's so funny about this. I'm going to just give you some, some probably obvious, like, observations about some of this stuff. But, you know, I, I knew that Beth and I are hopping on a plane in just a little bit to go uh, halfway across the world. And I was kind of preparing this medicine. I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep it simple. We've got baby dedications. That's going to take some time. And so I was just kind of like, oh, let's keep it simple. But then I started looking at the Greek at some of these words. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I got revelation from the word sat. Anyways, so here's a couple of thoughts. And then I'm going to give you some Greek that was just blowing me away, at least. Um, so in regards to Mary, she was sitting down. Okay, she sat. And so what that helps me realize is that she was, she was not on the go. She was focused, and there was intentionality in what she was doing. She was not on the go. Which let me pause there. For us, we can spend time with Jesus any, really any time that we want to because he's always with us, but there is something imp- very important, and I'd even say necessary, about not just spending time with Jesus on the go, but being people that take the intentional time and set it aside to sit at his feet and have focused, intentional time with him. But the word sat in the Greek is the word, why don't you put that slide up there? Um, okay, look at that word up there at the top, all right? All right, who thinks they know how to pronounce that? Go ahead, bro. <laughs> there you go, Rob. Good try. Good try. According to my little app, he said it a little bit differently. All right. Let me give it a shot. No, this is not the point, but some of these are just fun to practice. <clears throat> it's something to the extent of parakat etsamai. Parakat etsamai. There you go. But check me on that. <laughs> Blue Letter Bible is a good resource for you. All right. 
But here's, look at those two things I put down. This is the only time in the entire Bible that that word is used. But the chapter before is an example of people sitting down. It's when Jesus fed the 5,000. And so multiple times the word sit or sat is used. But this one in Luke 10 is the only time this is used in the whole Bible. And here's specifically what this type of sitting means. It means to sit beside or close to or place very near. And to me, that just, it marked me for whatever reason. There's intentionality in some of the Greek words that are used throughout scripture and this sitting is not just a casual sitting this is a sitting with the intention to get really close to someone so when you think about your life or you think about your walk with Jesus when you're sitting down you know I just kind of pictured like okay I'm sitting and I'm I'm trying to like Lord I want to know you I just kind of picture myself scooting closer Lord no 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 (laughs) I want to sit closer to you (laughs) I want to really get to know you it's this drawing near in our hearts because we're not just doing spiritual disciplines. We're not just trying to be, you know, uh, I don't know, consistent and, and rigor and all that stuff to prove that we can do the right. No, no, no. We want to know a person. And I, don't want to, I want to really know him. We're drawing near to him. This type of sitting was a highly relational type of sitting. It's like saying, I'm intentionally trying to get really close to you. I want to be around you. Now, listen, some of you guys that are married or dating somebody or engaged, I mean, you know like, there is intentionality in placing yourself next to somebody that you really like. Okay, when I first started going to Antioch, the one in College Station, there's multiple college life groups. I was not dating anybody at the time, but I was sure intentional to make sure I went to best life group. <laughs> I was real intentional. Like, not that one, not that one. Hmm, where should I go? Lord, you're sa- yeah, you're saying Beth. That's what you're saying. <laughs> okay, I was real intentional to uh, put myself in closer proximity because I really liked her. So in a similar way, let's put ourselves close to Jesus because we love him. We like him. We want him. Some more practicals for this one before I move on to the next word. Um, Set aside intentional time, not just on the go time. I already mentioned that, to get close to Jesus. My encouragement is that it's the same or similar time and place every day. And specifically, another additional encouragement is in the mornings. Of course, you can set aside time with Jesus all throughout your day, no matter what time of day. There's no religious rule about it, but I just, I just love the idea of one of the first things we do in the morning is just present ourselves to God before we get caught up in the business of our day and the distractions of our day. And the same time, same place, I encourage that because it helps you be consistent. Some of you spontaneous people are like, the same thing every day? No way. I'll die. I'll die there. <laughs> well, you won't. <laughs> and then it's fine to change it up a little bit, but have some sort of consistent rhythm so you're not guessing every day. And also additional encouragement is choose now. Like choose today what your tomorrow morning will look like. Because if you try to choose at 6 a.m. or 6.30 or 7 a.m. when you're waking up in the morning tomorrow, it's just not going to set you up very well. Choose now. Okay, at this time. You know, if you, um, you know, whatever, you know, 7 a.m., I'm going to be getting some coffee, waking up, and I'm going to be sitting with the Lord and just listening to him through his word, talking to him. If you have kids, you know, set your alarm for 4 a.m., of course. Just kidding. 3 (laughs) a.m. 
All right, is that simple enough? You know, just set a plan now for when you're going to get alone with the Lord, all right? I understand we've got busy schedules, but this is, no matter what stage of life you're in right now, right now is the best time <laughs> to build this up as something normal in your life, to sit in close proximity to Jesus, sitting at his feet, listening to him, all right? Okay, next word there, um, go back to that verse 39. So we, she sat, she wasn't just sitting, but she was doing something. She was listening Okay, we're going to talk about what she was listening to. It's that last part in just a minute, but I want to, before I move on, I want to focus on that word listened. Okay, everybody say listened. Here's something to note about Mary. You ready? She wasn't talking. It's obvious, but I think it's helpful because there's so many times where I come before the Lord and we do this, you know, we tend to do this, but it's like, Okay, Lord, here's the deal. So I, I'm struggling with this, and I need you to do this, and this person over here is bothering me, and so I need this problem, and then this, and I need this provision. And blah, 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 you know, we just <laughs> Now listen, here's the deal. It's okay to talk to God. In fact, I would highly encourage you to talk to God. There's so many scriptures about pouring out our heart before him. But before we get there, I just want to emphasize what Mary was doing because I think it's really important, maybe even in our culture where there's just a lot of noise and a lot of, a lot of talking is to be quiet, to be still, and primarily to come before Jesus to listen first. Everybody say, listen first. When I take the time to listen first, oftentimes I get truth or I get peace that helps me with the things that I'm worked up about. And I still want to talk to God about it, but not in a fretting, like worrying, anxious way. Uh, even though he's okay with like bringing our anxiety before him, but if we are intentional to listen first, sometimes he really already helps us with the things that we're really struggling with. And the last thing I want you to, to see here about um, this listening piece, like there was a, an openness in Mary's heart, okay? Now let me explain. Lumi's <laughs> already got the revelation, but it took me a while when I put this down. What do I mean by this? Uh, this openness. Mary wasn't deciding what Jesus was telling her. Think about that for a second. She didn't really have a say in what was being communicated to her. She was just open to whatever the Lord decided to teach. Open to whatever the Lord decided to say. He was leading the conversation. And I just think that's appropriate as we approach the Lord. Of course, we have some things we need to talk to him about sometimes, but it's also important to know, like, hey, I want to open my heart, Lord. Is there anything that you need to talk to me about? Is there anything that you want to bring up? Is there anything that you want to highlight or convict me of or encourage me with? Lord, I'm open. And here you go. I'm not, it's going to be a couple weeks before I really preach it, but just that's the beginning stages of letting the Lord know you. Yeah. It's the beginning stages of letting the Lord know you is that you open yourself up to him. And say, what, have, what do you want to say to me, Lord? What do you want to reveal to me? Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. All right, before we move on here, a couple practicals about listening. You know, this is, this is an example of us from Psalm 46, being still and knowing that he is God. And so it's helpful to turn off some of the noise and distractions. Okay, it's great to approach your time with Jesus, maybe without a computer or a TV or a phone kind of in the way. That's why these media fasts we're doing are so helpful for us to do that for some period of time just to get the extended noise or the extra noise out. And another practical thing to do is when you're listening is to learn to ask Jesus questions and then pause for him to respond. Okay, John 10, 27, Jesus says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So my sheep hear my voice and I know them. 
and they follow me. Now, the topic of hearing the Lord's voice is an amazing topic, but it produces a lot of questions, maybe a little bit of doubt, a little bit of confusion, but the topic of hearing God's voice is so important enough that it's worth kind of sifting through some of those questions to figure out how does this work for my life, all right? And I'm not going to go into a teaching on hearing God's voice. Now, remember, the subject of what Mary was listening to was Jesus' teaching, okay? So that's helpful. I'm going to dive into that in a second. But there's an also another type of listening where it might be more specific and unique and, and uh, to us, what God wants to say. There's a slide. Why don't you pull out your phone real quick? I know we're in church, but pull out your phone real quick because I know many of you will probably have plenty of questions. But this uh, resource link uh, takes you to a PDF where we created pretty much a one-page kind of teaching or some thoughts on hearing God's voice. Gives you a little bit of some handrails, some boundaries, some biblical examples and how do we know if it's God's voice or not? Does he really speak today? So those types of questions we kind of lay out and then give you a few thoughts, a few answers. And uh, it's been helpful for a few folks that have looked at that. So I want to encourage you to do that. And then before I move on from this listening and asking God questions thing, again, this is amazing, guys, that we get the privilege of having the opportunity to get to know God. And some of you... Um, maybe I was praying this week and thinking about you guys and we'll have opportunity to respond in a little bit but it might be some of you in this room that you you're not quite sure if God would ever speak to you like what does he care about me that much or does he know me that much that he might speak to me and the answer is a resounding yes he loves you that much and he would love to speak to you uh, but sometimes there's some lies or some things from our past that get in the way from hindering us believing that he would actually speak to us but he does. Here's a couple of questions. You can take a picture of this if you want. I believe there's a slide. Just a couple of questions, a couple of ideas to consistently ask the Lord. And one is, Jesus, what do you think about me today? Is there anything you want me to know about my day today, God? God, is there someone that you want me to pray for today? What attribute about yourself do you want me to think about today? Maybe he highlights his love or his compassion or his power. And then this is a, in a sense, a rhetorical question, but I ask it. I also teach my children to ask this and then listen. Father, do you love me? It's clear throughout Scripture that he loves us, but when you take time to pause and listen to God, what it does is it takes those Scriptures we all know, it takes it from your head to your heart. When you actually feel like you believe, oh, you do love me. Oh, my goodness. It changes things. All right, so hopefully you took a picture of that or can jot some of those down, but this... Hopefully a little bit of direction of some things you could ask the Lord if you're listening to. All right, last thing here from this verse 39 is she wasn't just listening in general, but she was listening to his teaching, to Jesus' teaching, all right? Now, I want you guys to answer this question for me. Where can we find the teachings of Jesus? In the Word of God, all right? And here's what's so cool about the Word of God and the teachings of Jesus. They don't change. They are unchanging. Isn't that great news? <laughs> this hasn't changed for the last 2,000 years. Okay, of course, there's critical people out there or just this and that, but literally, this has stood the test of time. People throughout history have literally tried to destroy the Bible, but it just it can't work. His word is eternal. It will last forever. 
And um, he, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will remain. And they don't change from generation to generation. No matter when, you know, you got all these hip words that come out that nobody knows what they mean if you're above 30. But they just, they come out. It's like, it's not changing scripture. It's not changing the truth of God's word. It is unchanging. And I want to emphasize that because there, in today's culture, like the ideas of worldview and how to view life and how to view sexuality and how to view this and that, they change. Woo! You know, Scripture says, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that's out there. What's normal and acceptable in culture changes over time. And I would even say in the last few decades, and some of you guys are, if you're over 50 for sure, you can see this, that, oh my goodness, there's things that are talked about today, conversations that are had, and people are making something sound wise out of something that is so foolish. And it's just mind-blowing to see how different thoughts can, and ideas can change over a short period of time, especially in our digital age where just information can be blasted out. And so as the people of God, listen, do not get distracted and tossed by the waves. Be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. This is unchanging, we, and we need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God so that we can withstand the change in our culture. But just a warning, if you are f- going to stay faithful to this, you might get some haters. But that's okay. Jesus had some haters too. So read the Word of God consistently. And again, like I kind of briefly mentioned, next week we're going to have a little panel discussion up here talking with a few people that love the Word of God, like our own folks within our own church. And we're going to learn a few things about how do we love the Word of God? How do we read it more consistently? How do we read the Bible? And it's going to be a rich time. And so um, stay tuned for that next week. All right? So, band, go ahead and come on up. I'm going to close it out by looking at one more verse, and then we're going to worship and uh, just have some time to receive some prayer. So, worship team, go ahead and come on up. Last thing I want you to see is verse 42. It'll be up right here on the screen. There's just two more things I want to pick out here, and then we will respond to the Lord. But don't miss this, all right? Everybody still with me? Yep. All right. Verse 42 Jesus' response to what Mary was doing because Martha got frustrated. Jesus says to Martha, hey, one thing is necessary. Everybody say necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So according to Jesus, what Mary was doing, there's kind of two things I want you to see, it was necessary. Man, how much more 2,000 years later with a culture that is ever increasingly against God and his word Guys, it is necessary that we learn to be a people that sit at his feet and listen to his teaching. We need to. Now, don't forget, it's also an amazing privilege and invitation from God. Come here, come here, I want you to know me, and I want to know you. Come here. Like this amazing invitation, but it's also needed. Like if we don't, another way to say that, if we don't take it seriously, we are going to be much more prone to having bad fruit in our life, to believing things that aren't true, it's necessary that we learn to sit at his feet. It'll help us build history with God, knowing him and being known by him. We need it. Everybody say, we need it. And the last thing there, it will not be taken away from her. I love that. Here's what it makes me think of. The time that we sit at his feet and listen to his word and drown out the noise, it's never wasted time. Never wasted. There will be no regret in your life on earth, and there will definitely be no regret in heaven 
for the times that you set aside to sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his words, just to look at him, just, Jesus, who are you? I want to know you. And the Lord himself will remember the times that we chose to sit at his feet. It's another example in the Gospels of, I think it's a different Mary that broke this very expensive oil um, and put it over Jesus' head. And he says, this, wherever the gospel is preached, this is going to be preached too. This extravagant love, this extravagant devotion, this, this extravagance of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend my energy, my time, my focus on loving Jesus because he's that worthy. The Lord himself will remember the times that we sit at his feet. It's amazing. You'll never regret it. Embracing, trying to embrace this teaching for my life of sitting at his feet, which is another way of saying, getting time with the Lord consistently. This, learning to embrace this and trying to embrace this has literally saved me, guys. <laughs> it has anchored me through storms and ups and downs in my life. It's brought peace and resolve to relational tension and conflict that we all experience in life when there's something going on around us. It's like time processing that stuff with Jesus and listening to him. Oh my goodness, it's brought so much peace, especially to the relationships that I'm closest to. It's also strengthened my love for Jesus, my trust in Jesus, and my friendship with Jesus. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to embrace this. And this week, just figure out later today, you know, the prayer room is open all uh, this afternoon or until about 5 if you want to stick around. and just because That's what we're trying to cultivate there is a place where it's easy to sit at his feet, read his word, worship him, talk to him about anything you want to talk to him about. But even more so, I encourage you this afternoon at your house or tomorrow morning before you go to work or school, just start with a few minutes just sitting on his feet, listening to his word, and abiding in him. And it'll change us. All right, in just a minute, I'm going to pray for us. But let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Okay, our life group leaders or a few of our life group leaders, why don't you go ahead and come forward and uh, make yourself available to pray for some folks. We'd like to close out our services. If you're new here, we'd like to close out our services just with a, at least an immediate opportunity to respond and receive prayer. You know, it's really awesome. I'm hopeful that God's doing a lot inside of your hearts right now, but it's really um, helpful to let somebody else know, like, hey, this is what God's doing in me, and then let them pray over you to let that even settle a little bit more. But there's um, a few main things I want to just invite people to respond to. One, of course, if you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, meaning you've never repented of your sins and confessed that you need him to wash you clean and you have never given your life over to him, then just make today your day to surrender to him, to give your life over to him. These folks up here would love to pray with you and tell you some next steps about how to follow Jesus. But second, kind of maybe even a bigger category in this room, um, it's just about this topic of sitting at his feet. So one, if you know that you just need some help and con some consistency and practice this in your life, then come get prayer. They'll pray for you just for the Lord's grace to be consistent. Another category is maybe some of you, as I was talking about how Mary listened, she wasn't talking much, and you know that you're much more of a talker in your time with Jesus and you just need help to listen more, then let us pray for you. 
And then third, this one maybe is even more specific. I believe there's probably some of you in this room that you don't believe that God could actually speak to you. You believe maybe he could speak, speak to somebody else, or you're really a spiritual friend in, over there, but I just believe the Lord wants to break off the lie in this room that you cannot hear God's voice. You can hear God's voice, and he will help you make sure that it's biblical and it's sound, but I believe that God wants to help us believe that we actually can hear his voice. So if that you're struggling with that, then come get some prayer this morning, all right? So let me pray for us, and as I start praying, come forward if you want prayer for any of those things. So Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the example of Mary, and thank you, Lord. We want to be those that have oil for our lamps, that take seriously knowing you, Jesus, and being known by you. So Lord, mark us as the people that sit at your feet, that listen to you, that get to know you. Lord, help us in our weaknesses and our struggles. And Lord, right now, as we respond and as we worship, just minister to us again. In Jesus' name.